Hello, welcome to another episode of the Honest Conversations podcast. This is your host, Tammy. On today's episode, we are having a honest and vulnerable conversation about colorism and texturism in the Black community. So today on our show, we are joined with a guest, a guest that has been here before, uh, Gerard, Gerard St. Mm-hmm. Hilaire. So, yes, yeah, so Gerard, um, for those who maybe didn't hear the previous episode that you were on, which was episode two, Losing My Religion, uh, just want to give a, a brief introduction okay. of yourself. Yeah. Um, what's up, everybody? Uh, my name is Gerard, to some known as Joffrey. Um, I'm just a man on the journey of life. I consider myself to be a quester. Um, I'm also an artist, future fashion, uh, design, mogul, all that good stuff. Um, music coming soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So keep your ears and eyes open. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, Gerard, just to give yeah. other information, like where, where are you from? Where do you currently reside? Yeah. Um, from a lot of places, I guess, because, you know, I guess if you live in a different places, it kind of pours into, I guess, who you are. Born in Brooklyn, New York, family's Trinidadian, um, kind of grew up in South Florida. Through the last 10 years or so, I've been kind of living in different countries and um, and just being like, I guess, tethered to all these places, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's interesting when I think about like, yeah, where am I from? Because like mm-hmm. for a period of time, I've been here, 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 here. Um, but yeah, I guess Brooklyn made me. Uh, so I guess I'll, I'll go with that. And uh, currently living in uh, Florida, Central Florida, Orlando. All right. Yes. So today we, oh, actually, mm-hmm. before we jump into our topic, I'd oh, like to do icebreaker ah, questions. And I forgot about that. I'm going to hit you with a different question this time. <laughs> um, so my question for you name a book that has a book movie or show mm-hmm. that has impacted you in some way mm, okay um whew, yeah um man there's a couple uh i'm gonna be a little funny don't be a menace to south central while drinking your juice in the hood silence i'm just kidding it's just funny coming to America. Those are funny. I, I when I say when I think of impact, um, I've kind of these last couple of like years been going through life, just not uh, tapping into like full expression and like real happiness and allowing certain joys to come into my life. And those movies kind of take me back to a place where um, I could watch them and, and just experience great joy. Mm. Um, so I'm thankful for those movies. A book, um, How to Be an Anti-Racist was a, mm. was a, was a real sweet one to yeah. digest. Uh, the Color of Compromise was also a nice one. Mm. Um, so those were good. There's some other ones in there, but those were so, some ones that really um, really hit. And yeah. a joint by Austin Channing Brown. I forgot what that one's called, too. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Those, those really hit and did some things within me. Yeah, so, I would yeah. say I would agree with it. how to be an anti-racist really changed 
my perspective on yeah. a lot of things. Yep, yep, yeah. yep, for sure, for sure. So, all right, we'll jump into our main topic. So today we are talking about colorism oh and goodness. texturism, yes, which can be <laughs> in each of those topics can be a whole episode in For themselves, sure. yes. uh, but we'll, we'll do our best to do these topics justice. <laughs> uh, so let's just start with definitions. Yeah. So when you hear the term colorism, when you hear texturism, how do you personally define yeah. those terms? For me, um, I see colorism as it's the lens in which you you see, I guess, how close or how far um, someone is uh, phenotypically white, right? Mm -hmm. Like, or, or the idea or expression of an acceptance, right? Or maybe an acceptance or rejection towards mm -hmm. how far or how close mm -hmm. someone is to that. And um, we give higher societal value mm -hmm. to the ones who are closer mm -hmm. to looking white. So... I think that's to me when I think of colorism. Yeah. I, I think that's that's what it kind of says to me. Yeah, the well, texturism is mm -hmm. like the same thing, but in regards to your hair, right? Yeah, right. So I guess when I define those terms, mm -hmm. and I view colorism as the belief mm -hmm. that the lighter the lighter you are, the better, mm -hmm. uh, the more accepted. Um, so it, it's a, it's a mindset. It's a belief that lighter skin right. is better than darker skin texturism, uh, which is less discussed in comparison to colorism. But it's big though. Yeah, still. it's big. It's oh my big. Gosh. And so I view that as, or I would define it as, um, you know, straighter hair, looser curl patterns, the belief that that hair type is better than right. um, kinkier, curlier good hair, hair, if you will, right? Good right. Hair, this those? whole <laughs> idea of like what is good hair, what is bad right, hair, right? Right. Uh, but it, it's 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 the same as what you said. It's basically yeah. the closer you are to whiteness yeah. when it comes to hair and skin color, the better. Yep. Yep. And these are issues that have plagued our community and also exist in other communities, mm -hmm. other um, racial communities. For as sure. Well. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So where, where do you think these ideas come from? I think, you know, it's, it's interesting. I was talking to someone about similar, something similar the other day and I brought up slavery and mm -hmm. it's like people want to dichotomize slavery from all the like ideas and issues and, and places where, um, black people are, especially in society. I'm just like, you can't remove slavery from like, yeah. it's, a lot of things really stem from that. So for me, mm -hmm. I think the aftermath of slavery, the um, slavery in and of itself, like I think that's where a lot of this stuff is rooted. And I guess what what happened post, you know, the aftermath, like, okay, where do we really go from there? You know, and in America, it's, it's a different mm -hmm. than in a lot of other places. Yeah. You know, after slavery, you know, we went through still 100 years of you're going to, you know, you're you're less than and right. then we had a, a a law that came in but the laws you know like they say laws don't legislate love mm -hmm. and, and right. your lens of life and stuff like that so i mean i think that's where it really that might sound easy like an easy answer but like slavery mm -hmm. really did a number and because yeah. everyone's like no slavery i mean you can't now it's different no like yeah. slavery yeah. the you can't take some a plant away from its roots it's right its roots 
So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ultimate, ultimately, this it stems from white supremacy. Yeah. It stems from racism. It's it's internalized racism. Yes, hardcore. And that's the other important part of you know col- these ideas, colorism and texturism. It's beliefs that our community that we hold about ourselves and about oh, others. Yeah. And uh, and of course, other racial groups also hold these ideas mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, but it really impacts us as within our community. Yeah. And so, growing up, mm. Mm, my gosh. what examples mm. of texturism and colorism did you experience or witness? Man, um, this is a this is a real. Uh, I don't, is this a soft spot? I don't know. This, mm-hmm. this is a real um, thing that I had to deal with uh, growing up, mm-hmm. really. I'll, I'll never forget, you know, it's funny. I never thought it before we, when we talked about this. Right. I didn't even think about this um, moment of life that I'm about to share right now. Yeah. We went to someone's house, my mom, my mother, my sister and I, and um, I was in high school. We just relocated to this uh, Palm Bay from Fort Lauderdale. Side note, don't ever do that to your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were in this place, we're meeting with a, a family, and then the lady at the door, she's like, Don't, she's like, Why are you growing your hair out? Your hair is like nigga. Mm. And I was like, uh, And uh, my mom was just like, There, she's not saying nothing, whatever. And who was and this person? She, it was a, a, a kind of like my mom's friend mm-hmm. who she knew in Miami when we used to live down there, and um, she, um, her parents, my mom's friend's parents, mm-hmm. yeah, and she and she said, that. I was like, wow. But looking back, I was like, you know, when we when we just talk about how we have these ideas and stuff, like parenting plays a big role. Yeah. So how growing up, you know, back to the question, um, my first experiences, right? Some mm-hmm. that with colorism and sexism, yeah, yeah, definitely from um, my mom. You know, just I think since I was super young really young just like reinforcing the fact that you know your hair is not the same as it was when you were like first like a little kid and mm. like because my sister has um her hair is is like curly whatever mm-hmm. uh so she, you know people i guess would consider her on the spectrum of having good hair right right you know and because i'm like tethered to her as her brother i kind of get groped in there sometimes like oh yeah grooved in there you know yeah y'all have good hair like you talking about her but um <laughs> but but so growing up you know the comparison my mom would be like you know you you're like your hair like it's different now like ever since you know caribbean people they have they're very superstitious i remember so when i got my hair cut i used to have long hair when i was a little kid when it when it got cut she was like yeah that guy like he he was like bad like he did like bad stuff or something like when he cut your hair like your your texture changed mm. so growing up from like little that just always hearing that like all the time it's like mm. i'm not sure if you thought that was good for me love you mom mm-hmm. but i'm not i'm not sure why you would be saying that and i don't think she realized what it did to me later yeah. on you know so that's where i first kind of got it when i would talk about a female she would say does she look like sarah sarah's my cousin that um oh, i can't really say her name but anyway, she's uh she's half Venezuelan, half Trinidadian. Mm. So there's a 
So she's lighter skin, you know, quote unquote, good hair, blah, blah, blah. So, mm-hmm. so it's it's an image of this is what good looking right. looks like. Right. You know, then you have the movies, the music, yeah. you know, always the lyrics, half black and blank. You know, mm-hmm. that was a constant thing. Like yeah. a lot of the rappers, you know, so I listened to a lot of rap growing up. Um, it was big, man. It was it was given to us, and I bought in. So mm. since since a youngin', man. Yeah. And my dad, they never affirmed what I looked like or what my hair was like or my skin color, you know. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, from the home early and you know TV, all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, man. Wow, wow. <laughs> yeah. I'm even I'm thinking about like in my household. Mm-hmm. I I think the messages with that I remember was more so like the level of difficulty it was for my mom to comb our hair. Something about like me and my sisters and my older sister, she had uh, more, I I think I remember the term rough being used Mm. to describe her hair. It, It was more like coarse and thicker. I had more like fine hair. Mm -hmm. So my mom used to always like, oh, it's so like easier easier. to comb your hair versus my sister's hair. And so I I remember that as a kid growing up, those descriptions like rough, coarse, and soft, fine. (laughs) And then in school, so I had an interesting um, experience going from being in a all white school mm. and experiencing racism. So mm. feeling like this, the only one, the other, mm-hmm. then going to a school that mm. was predominantly black or more mm. like culturally right, diverse right, 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 right. and then experiencing colorism and texturism. Oh my gosh. And it was very confusing. Can't run away. Right. You just can't get away from it. And so I remember the kids mm. just when we would go outside and play, mm. don't stay in the sun too long. You're going to get, you're going to get dark. And, and then like a lot of even so messages crazy. like, right. <laughs> and then a lot of kids would always be like, Oh crazy. yeah, I used to be lighter. And then mm-hmm. over the summer I got mm-hmm. darker and it was just like, oh, yeah. this, <laughs> it was like as, as if you became like worse or uglier because you were out in the sun. Yeah. That's and even like parents, I remember adults even saying that. Their kids, oh, yeah. don't be out in the sun too long. You don't want to get too black. Yeah. <laughs> and then using this term like nappy. And mm-hmm. I think now we've kind of reclaimed that term and try to, yeah, you know, turn like it into a positive. more positive. Yeah. But back then, if no. your hair was nappy was not a good thing. No, it was not. Or you guys, what was it? Yeah, Buck shots or whatever. Buckshots. They used to say that stuff. Yes. <laughs> Yes. And if you had not that, good. not good. Not right. Good. It wasn't. I, I think my most prominent memory, though, about like my own experience with my hair and like being exposed to all of this. Um, and then there there was also a lot of like uh, praising mm-hmm. um, girls, especially women, mm. girls that were mixed. Mm. And oh, so yeah. same thing. Yeah. You got that good hair. Oh, her hair's so long. It's so pretty. Yeah. And if your hair didn't look like that, you were you were nappy. You were ugly. Yeah. There was also a lot of like demonizing darker mm. skin for sure girls Definitely. like. Definitely. If Definitely. you were darker skinned, you had an attitude, mm-hmm. um, you were less attractive. Right. Just off rip. Like. Right. And it was a, a lot of perception of darker skinned girls being mean. 
I remember right, that right. distinctively. Because right. um, the further they were away from, yeah, white, you know, white right. was the prized possession. The, right, uh, the softer, softer. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> It's so crazy. Oh my gosh, just so much is like coming back. To I know. <laughs> I'm looking back at it's crazy because I'm, I'm looking back right now um, when I was in elementary and uh, there, yeah, there was a girl that even, you know, we do it too. Like, it's, mm-hmm. and I was like, man, but she, she wasn't even like bad or anything. Like, and I just had a, like an issue with her. And I, I'll never forget mm. when my parent, my mom met her mom at like, we're, there was some parent teacher thing at Pizza Hut. And like after that, I was just like, wow, like something just shifted, you know, mm. within me. Mm-hmm. And I never like like acted a certain way towards her. But yeah, it was just an automatic, like, you know, right. it's crazy. Right, right. <laughs> Super sad. Um, yeah. And I, I, I just I also remember never at a certain point in my childhood, I just never saw my natural hair. Like mm. I, it was either you you had braids in your hair mm-hmm. all the time right. or and then when we started getting relaxers mm-hmm. at a very young age yeah, so your yeah. hair was constantly being chemically processed and i went a very long long yeah. period of my life like where i didn't even know what my natural hair looked like yeah and yeah. there was like this this fear of anyone seeing yeah my That's natural right. hair I covered up Right. I used to always wear braids. I remember having a, ch- a neighborhood friend that mm-hmm. lived across the street mm-hmm. and he was a uh, Filipino. And so we were like childhood friends and we play outside all the time. And it, when my mom was gonna like redo my hair, I mm-hmm. like, he would call me like, hey, you wanna play outside? And I'm like, no, 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 no. Ah, <laughs> I was today. terrified, Gerard. I was terrified of him seeing my hair without mm-hmm. braids yeah and that's how much shame Damn. was around hair yeah yeah our natural black hair yeah. it's and it's wild when you go back and you think about that like my gosh yeah like and it's crazy it's it's as if it's just in the atmosphere because mm-hmm. some of you know, our parents and people they're not saying certain like words directly mm-hmm. like your hair is right you know what i'm saying but it's like but we, where, where are we getting this belief from? Right. You know, and I'll never, I'll never get, every time I go to the barbershop, my mom will always say, you know, cut your hair low because they can see the texture. You mm. see the real texture, you know, mm-hmm. um, grow your hair out type of vibe. And um, that really, that sat with me. That was, yeah. oh, so this is the only way, kind of like you're saying, cover up. There's only right. one way for me to look like good, right. nor- normal. Right, like, present to present be presentable. To be, right, I can't go out. Like this, I have to be mm-hmm. this way, and it's like, who defines that? You know, who should right. define that? Exactly, know? exactly. And we didn't question it. We didn't challenge no, nothing. it. We just got in line. These little new kids these days, they be like, hold up, you know, they're a little exactly. different these days. Sounds different. Sounds different. We're gonna but... get to that part. But it's like, is it really different? But um... <laughs> I feel like you're right. Like, <laughs> but um, other thing I remember growing up was. I remember a lot of the black kids always saying, "Yeah, I'm black, but I'm mixed with Indian." Oh, we had to. You had, no, no, like you had to give that little distinction. Yes. Like we all look alike, but there's like you know, but I'm, but I'm every because no one Cherokee. wants to be fully black. Right. It's not right. 
good. It's not like a, it's a, is it a disease? Yeah. Or something? You know? yeah. Everybody, I'm happy, but I'm this, but I'm that, you know? Oh my And it gave you goodness. status if you were part of something. They're not really black. Right. right. I, I'm really all black. My great grandma is, is half Cherokee. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Is there something wrong with right, that? Right, right. And, and to us, I guess there was. Yeah. You know. Because if you if you were all black, mm-hmm. and, and at the time, all black yeah. meant dark skin, right. nappy hair, right, right, short hair, or hair just that's not long and flowing down right. your back, and not that attractive. meant you're just, you're, you're plain, mm. you're not appealing. Mm. You're not presentable. Right. Nobody wants you. Right. Nobody wants you. No one wants you around. You're not desirable. Like, and you're bad. Yeah. In, and you're in bad. a school setting, you're right. the bad kid. Right. Right. There's there's a lot on you for being black. Mm-hmm. You know? So how can I as a kid? Because, you know, as kids, we're trying to figure out. We're just, we're always trying to figure out stuff. Yeah. Even though we don't know. So how can I be not tied to the destruction? Because black that's that's destruction right there you know mm-hmm. so i'm half this i'm half that I'm whatever whatever or even half is a little different because yeah if you have you have but like yeah, yeah. like you're saying my great-grandfather is you know so that gives me some clout right right hmm. so with going through all of this so mm-hmm. witnessing that it the, and i'm glad you mentioned about the music because that that was a huge influence. Huge. Music, the music videos, huge. TV shows, movies. So mm-hmm. with all of these different messages bombarding you, how yeah. did that impact your perception of yourself when it came yeah. to like your hair, your skin color? And how has that like changed over time? Yeah, it, it really wanted me to be someone else. You mm-hmm. know, like it just... I just wasn't good in my own skin. Like I just wasn't happy. Not saying it though. Like you're just your kid. You're just living, growing up, mm-hmm. but you're trying for more, for different. You know, so different products. Because my father's mm-hmm. hair is desirable, quote unquote. I guess in the, the like black community or Caribbean community, like mm-hmm. oh, he's got good hair. He got that curly. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I remember always seeing him brush his hair and I always try to do that or try to get different products or whatever. Um, man, uh, another thing, all these things I just can't forget. They're just always there. Yeah. I was talking to this one guy, crazy, and he's like, you know, this is like 10th grade, 10th grade. Mm. He was like, you know, um, if you want to like have like nicer hair, like you know, soft and curly or whatever the case, all you have to do is like put like some berries like <laughs> in your hair, like go home, put some berries in there and like just soak it up. You know what I'm saying? Like I, your boy went home and did that. <laughs> like I was like, what? I did it. Came back. was like, yo, that didn't really do anything. He's like, I was just choking. <laughs> I was like, Okay. Oh, I was like, uh, okay. Yeah. Like, uh, cool. I was joking. I think he was like mixers on you. Like, I was just joking. Like, and um, it's funny. Environment. Like, I was, you know, we were in a school. Like, you, you kind of went from this school to that school. When yeah. We were in Fort Lauderdale. It was different, more culturally diverse and stuff. That type of stuff would probably never have happened. Like, mm-hmm. in a sense of 
we were just on a different wave down there. And then yeah. we moved up to uh, this area in Central Florida. Like, ugh. So I was opening myself up to, to, to the change, you know, even more. You know what I'm saying? So did what he wanted me to do. Always when I would go outside, I'm like, my chest is lighter than my like mm. face. Like, how can I? You know, I went. To, I remember going to visit my cousins um, in high school, and I was like, "Good, it's gonna be. It's December. I'm gonna get lighter. Mm. I'm gonna get lighter. Like, I'm gonna come back lighter because mm-hmm. they're going going to New York, you know. And I was excited for that. Mm. So you were always looking for ways to lighten up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, always looking for ways to help the texture or whatever the case. On you know, mm-hmm. um, so definitely struggle with that and i guess where it's kind of taken me was like it it got to a point where you know i i um i was alone i was living in korea and i was just alone and like all of these stuff like came back to me you know mm. what i'm saying um and it just was really hard just trying to digest it like damn like like you're ugly you know like and it's like not ugly but like you are yeah. if you believe that yeah you know, and if you really, all the stuff that my mom has said, or this or that, mm. and um, it drove me to a really dark place, you know. Um, and I think that God, like, legit had to come in because I don't know, like, when I say dark place, I mean like mm-hmm. dark, like wanting to not live anymore type. Mm. Wanted to jump off a building type, went up to the building type. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, you know, not not exaggerating. And um, I felt God's hand just reach out, man, and take me down. And I was like, what really? Like looking back, like, dang, what drove me up to do that? Mm. Was it really these these? You know, because if, if think about it, if you're living and you're not living in like you're in your own skin right. and you're just only living to be someone else right. and that's that's a insane you're yes. setting yourself up for insanity like yes and and that's what we do yeah. you know and um it just was really 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 scary and uh i was just thankful that i that all the things that were said to me all the stuff i began to just okay hmm. you know like that's not me i just want to be who God has created me to be. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. so this verse from the Bible like came to my my mind. Um, it just said, you know, like you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You know what I'm saying? Like marvelous are the works of my hands. So that that just that hit me and that like stuck with me. Mm. And it it gave it became the catalyst for me to look at myself and be like, I can accept what I see, yeah. you know, in the yeah. mirror with my skin, my hair. And then, and then society helps how they kind of, oh, dark is good now. You know, that, that helped, but then it's like mm. society shifts. Yes. Dark people are in, yes. then light people are in, and like, I can't, mm. you know, I can't go with the trend. I can't be, you know. So, so it's like, yeah, so that is what really helped me. I think yeah. God, God reached out. Um, so, so much so that, you know, when I was younger, I used to have a ponytail, right? When I was, when I was very young, when I had the good hair, mm. my mom cut it cut it right when the person cut my hair she was so like into this hair stuff right Mm. like I said always reinforcing it she kept the ponytail Mm. through the year like it's crazy you know um but when that moment happened to me a couple years ago um 
I believe that God was like, yo, like grow back your ponytail. And then like, it's going to mean something now between me and you type of vibe. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Ironically, right? I cut my hair off all the way. I, I went bald. I went natural, right? Mm-hmm. And it's funny. Like, I, I kind of got that experience of, I don't know, I guess my hair, it, it, it's, it's interesting because it did like start to grow different after, which is weird because I didn't really like have a perm or something. Like yeah. that. I don't know if it's because I cut it all the way off. I, I don't know but it could be just mental but um yeah so that that moment just kind of helped me and um it's it's not easy now but um it just helps me to know that hey man i'm gonna accept myself because i have to sit in it mm-hmm. I, I have it's me mm-hmm. you know so and god is okay with me right. so i don't care who else isn't yeah <laughs> so that moment of coming to that place of like not wanting to live that was rooted in those messages about yeah because that's what yeah that's what um you know i believe in there's this evil you know like evil forces like the devil and i feel like in that moment when i was isolated by myself with Mm -hmm. and then the crazy thing is that i was living in a place where image is big you know at that time south korea was the number one place in the world for plastic surgery Mm -hmm. also for like suicide and depression because a lot of people they're just not comfortable within their own skin Mm -hmm. so i think a lot of little spirits if you will were like in the air Mm -hmm. and that it just brought it back like all you need is a few lines to get you to think whatever to do whatever someone could say one thing to you and how you like digest that mm-hmm. so in that moment a lot of things were just coming back to me like about your hair about this about my facial features yeah. all that type of stuff it was just all like together and i was like damn which it really, was just too heavy it right. was too heavy for me i couldn't i was like F it, man. i'm out <laughs> and that speaks volumes to mm-hmm. how these messages impact us like, mentally and emotionally right. and, and tam i had never really like thought about it i was doing yeah. things subconsciously unconscious but i never really thought about it to that moment so when it when it all came to me it was like oh damn like mm-hmm. how do i i can't deal <laughs> you yeah. know what i'm saying like yeah i can't so yeah i really appreciate you sharing that drive yeah. because i think more people than you know can relate to that mm-hmm. and can relate to like feeling that way and those messages taking them to that place yeah for sure. and i think it's important that we that we talk about like the real of how yeah. this stuff really weighs on us um in reflecting on like my own experience with how that impacted how i viewed myself i remember just being younger and feeling like I wasn't like mm. desirable mm-hmm. or attractive because I did not have light skin. Mm-hmm. I did not have the mixed curly long hair. Yeah. So I just, I just remember like not feeling desirable. And mm. when it came to skin color, I I know at one point I it wasn't something that I thought about like earlier on, but when I went to transfer to um, public school where there was more, you know, black kids. And then when I started to hear those messages 
And um, cause the skin color wasn't something that we really talked about in my house. Mm -hmm. it, it just, it, yeah, it just wasn't a discussion. So it wasn't something I thought about, but, uh, and I should say skin tone, not skin color, skin tone. Um, but yeah, with going to public school and then, and I remember, I have like a very specific memory of having a conversation with a friend of mine in, I think it was maybe middle school, who um, had dark skin and her skin was darker than mine. Mm. And I remember always thinking her skin, it was so beautiful. Mm. And, wow. and I rem and I don't, and I never told her, I don't think I ever mm. verbalized that yeah. to her, yeah. but I always thought, thought it like, it. man, her skin is so yeah. beautiful. And I remember her saying to me one time, um, that and i had heard this from other people as well like wanting to have kids with a lighter skinned person oh. so their kids would be um mm. have good hair and yeah. have lighter skin <sighs> and i remember that 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 hurt it mm. hurt to hear that because mm. one it was like what well what's wrong with your skin and then it was like, well, what's wrong with my skin? Yeah, yeah, right. We have similar, similar skin, skin tones. <laughs> what yeah. are you saying about us? Right. And, you know, and I never, again, you know, at that age, you don't really have the words to, like, express that. Mm -hmm. But it it hit me. Mm -hmm. It made me question mm -hmm. our our skin tone and, and well, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. And... um yeah so that those you know experiences those messages started to impact how i saw myself mm -hmm. and um growing up going into high school you know it only got worse there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's when like kids were would joke they would joke about people who were dark-skinned mm -hmm. called oh tar baby and Damn. And like you were like the punt, uh, you were the joke if your skin was dark. The darker yeah. you were, the more jokes you would get. Yeah. And um, and even with hair and oh, you need you need to slap a perm in your hair. Dude. You need to perm those edges. You, need, you know, it was just a, a lot. It just got worse in high school. <laughs> Gosh. But um, but it it started. Although I I may have not directly received those jokes. Mm -hmm. Heard it. seeing it and hearing it it was feeding messages of course and and i know that for the longest i felt like i wasn't good enough for like a light-skinned guy mm. like there was just this uh, automatic assumption a light-skinned guy is not gonna like me and and even <laughs> and forget other races like right, right you know right, right, right. <laughs> that was just out of the question yeah, like yeah. a white man never a Hispanic guy? <laughs> Never. And but even my own people. Mm -hmm. And and I even remember dark skinned black men mm. also pushing those same messages yeah. towards black girls. Yeah. Yeah. I I remember this black guy at our school and he dark skinned guy, mm -hmm. chocolate dark skinned guy. I only date white girls. Mm. And it, and making like negative comments about black girls and, and it's just like what? Yeah, something happening with him. Right. You know, he has to, you know, only 
<laughs> like my brother, you are chocolate. Your mother is chocolate. Mm. What are you saying? You know? Yeah. yeah. But but then it so it it's like the the confusion, and then it's like, well, I guess that I must not be. Mm. I must not be. Yeah. You know. Right. Um, my own don't even want me like that. Right. My own <laughs> people don't even want me. Who wants like, us? Who was it? I know. <laughs> and then so then you have to think about like the impact of that. So if my own people who look like me don't find me desirable people of other races don't find me desirable then you you just feel like well i you know what is my value nothing inadequate just nothing right right um so yeah so high school was just you know you just bombarded with those messages and it wasn't until like college Mm -hmm. that i probably started to maybe come question some of those ideas yeah. i remember i don't know if you were around or if you remember but i i had like coordinated that panel discussion oh, yeah, 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 about yeah. colorism yeah I remember in that. college yeah. at ucf and you know that's when i started to really like combat those yeah. those messages and really question like where did this come from like why do we think this way good. yeah um yeah, but I didn't really start to transform my own ideas about myself and about hair until the um, until like my older adult years mm, and kind natural. of going through the natural natural movement. Natural, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I before Sorry. we kind of get to like the present, how has colorism and texturism impacted your d- dating oh, life? Oh, she went and, there. And your preferences and attraction to others. Man, it's it's a uh, it's effed me up. <laughs> you know, it, it really it really has done a number on me. You know, um, I did go through a phase. I think every black guy probably goes through a phase where we're like, okay, we just like white girls, or we just like Spanish mm-hmm. girls. Like, like it's got these phases, you know. Um, but when I got older, I think that I was really hoping maybe I didn't voice it but I was like you know what so my kid doesn't have to go through some crap like I just Mm. I need I need somebody that's probably another I don't really believe in race like that but quote-unquote race right like another Mm. they gotta be I guess white Spanish whatever um because that's gonna help him out Mm. Mm -hmm. he don't have to deal he's he may not look all the way like me it's gonna his hair gonna be a little there's gonna be no questions yeah. He's going to be at a higher place in society. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He's going to take on less. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, he's going to have a little tint on him. But so I was really like thinking like that. I'll never forget. We were in Peru on like this, this mission trip, whatever, with some um, students. And we, we were having a, a this discussion about this. Mm. And one of my brothers, my, my, my boy, he was like, you know, I only want to like date like non-black. Females, mm. you know, marry because of like XYZ. And then for me, I was like, I didn't really like say it, say it, but I was like, you know, like I'm I'm open. Like we use these kind of terms that are like that you're trying to assuage the mm-hmm. situation, but you're really still saying something. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm open to anybody. I love anybody. God loves anybody. <laughs> but really, I'm hoping deep down that like 
it'll be someone else mm -hmm. because of that, you know? So it's really, it's really affected that. Um, mm -hmm. So much so that now if someone like likes me or is really feeling me, that maybe is light skin or white or something like that, you know, there's, there's a lot of questions. Mm. One is like, oh man, do they really like me? Mm. Like, is there something like, do I really? Another thing can be like, okay, this is, this will help the future stock. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Um, but that was, I had to really sit with that and digest that. Cause I remember one of the young ladies during this discussion and when we were in Peru, she was like, you need, like, you don't understand like the intricacies of like what that connection brings. And, mm. and, and I didn't really get it at the time. It was a couple years ago. I was like, well, I mean, whatever. Why can't they just accept that I want to be with anybody, you know? Yeah. Um, but now it's it's different. Now, you know, there was another point in time where you go to the opposite. And you're like, I only want a black girl, yeah. dark girl. Like, I just, <laughs> she got to be like this, you know? And then you're like, okay, I need to be, how do I really balance everything? Because mm. what if I meet a girl who's not, and she's feeling me, and I'm feeling her, yeah. and it's like, I, so now I'm just more so, after I've kind of sat with that, kind of unpacked it, dealt with it, kind of tried to cook it up and mm -hmm. figure it all out and be honest with myself, knowing that you, yeah, you, you had some, some issues and thoughts and, yeah. you know, um, there's a reason why your taste buds were like this. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Now it's just like whomever, hey, if love comes my way, I'm going to try to uh, meet, meet it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting because it's like, your hope you hope for this you hope for that it's just mm -hmm. so yeah that's where it's kind of at right now it's like okay i'm still open but it's right. different right. it's like i'm more so wanting to go with someone who is who's black because i want to yeah you know even though it's going to be harder having a black child in this world yeah it's just going to be great at the same time because now i get to do the things that weren't done to me yeah, yeah. and help to shift yeah. society you know, wherever I'll be planted at, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? So, mm. yeah. Mm. Yeah. For me, dating wise, there, like I mentioned before, there was always this uh, assumption that mm -hmm. lighter skin or other races uh, would not be attracted to me or interested in me. And mm -hmm. when they were, it was kind of similar to you where mm -hmm. there was this question of like, mm -hmm. well, why do you like me? Or uh -huh. what is yeah. this really about? <laughs> like just being suspicious of it. Yeah. And uh, I know for me personally, I've always been drawn to dark skin. So I can, I can say that colorism never impacted my own attraction. Mm. I, I've always thought dark skin was beautiful mm. um, from very early on. And, and that is to this day is something that I'm very drawn to. That's what's up is dark, dark skin men. But I, th I think over time, my kind of similar to you, my I've become more open to well, first, I, I'm absolutely in love with my skin, right. uh, my hair. So with learning to love myself, yes, and living in my authentic self, I don't question others being attracted to me mm. off the basis of oh because i'm dark or mm. because i have kinky hair mm. 
there's no way they could be attracted to me. Mm. The question is more so, it's not projected towards me. It's more so projected towards them and their mm. intentions because mm. you still have fetishism. Oh, yeah, you have cool. men who may be drawn to certain types of women off of fetish fetishism, not based and not based off of like sincere right. attraction and right. loving your right. personality and things right. like that. So it's it's more so based on that versus like, oh, I'm not good enough type mm. of thing. Um yeah, so I would say like my with learning, connecting with myself, learning to love myself and living my truth has definitely transferred to my dating life. It's transferred to like how I view people that I'm potentially dating. My intentions yeah. are different. Um, so it, it's just better. Do you, so <laughs> you know how some people have preferences? Yeah. There are people who they prefer lighter skinned right, women. Right, right. They prefer darker skinned women yeah. or, and vice versa or whatever gender. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Is there a problem with having a preference? Man, I vacillate on this. Um, one day I might say yes, one day I might say no. Um, <laughs> I, I think everyone should be given their own agency to choose who they you know, want to be with. Like, mm -hmm. um, I don't think there's an issue with it if that's just what kind of moves you. Mm. Sometimes you got to understand like why. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm big on these days of knowing the why behind yes. the what, like what I do and stuff like that. So if you've kind of assessed that and you know, hey, you know, I just like these type of girls because I just, I'm just attracted to them more, mm -hmm. you know? And it's, and if you've kind of dealt with that, hey, whatever. But for the ones who haven't dealt with it, I mean, can I really knock them and be like, yeah, you know, that's wrong that you only like, mm -hmm. I don't know what their upbringing was like. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just don't know a lot of things, you know, if that's what they like, that's, I mean, that's just what they like. Now, if you're saying that, something's better mm, that's where it right. becomes a little problematic where you're like oh these girls are better than these girls right it's just like have you met people when people make these hasty generalizations mm -hmm. it always gets me because it's like did you do you met every girl like that right. no so the, i think that's where preferences can become problematic yes. when you're trying to rank mm -hmm. you know but hey this is who you like you that's you um for me, like I said, I kind of vacillate. I'm like, one day I'm like, okay, I only want to. The next day I'm like, I only want to. Mm -hmm. I'm like, anybody, I don't care. And I'm just like, whatever, man. Just send me somebody, God. Uh, <laughs> I'm just like, God, whatever. So, but yeah, but that's when I feel like it can be an issue. Is when, yeah, I, I agree. I mm -hmm. think based off of what we were exposed to growing up, our environment, yeah. family, that can impact what we are drawn to or most attracted mm -hmm. to yeah but like you said i think it's important to sit back and reflect on the why like yeah, what is yeah, this about sure. and and i also agree when we are comparing people based off of these physical attributes that that's a problem yeah when you're <laughs> when somebody says to me i only i only <laughs> white woman or yeah. i date Hispanic women because Asian women X Y and Z that that's problematic. 
Yeah. Because now you're making, like you said, generalizations yeah. about yeah. the other. Yeah. And there's something that's rooted in something that's probably not mm-hmm. wholesome or good. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Uh, but so like, for example, like I said, I'm very drawn to dark skin. I yeah. just find it absolutely beautiful. And but at the same time, I'm not closed off to, I don't find lighter skinned people less attractive. Right, right. I don't say that I'm not going to date anybody who's not dark skinned. Mm-hmm. I'm open. I'm open. And it's, mm-hmm. to me, what's important is more our compatibility. Mm-hmm. Do we actually connect? Right. Those are things that <laughs> are matter. attracted to right, each other. Right. And, you know, so although yeah. I may have a, particular particular attributes that more so catch my eye i also find other attributes as attractive as well got you um so yeah so i think there's nothing wrong with having things that you're more like maybe attracted to or drawn to but when you are putting others down in comparison or you're ranking something as better or good and others as bad or less than that's when it's problematic It's an issue, man. Yeah. <laughs> so we've come to this age of the natural movement. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of messages in media and society now that are very, like, pro-Black. So mm-hmm. sometimes people question, mm. do we still have this issue of texturism <laughs> and colorism? What are your thoughts on that? I think we definitely, I think the natural movement was, was good, um, I think anything that begins at the grassroots kind of level is, is good until, you know, carnal capitalism kind of mm-hmm. comes in and then it's like, how can we make money off of them now? Right. You know, how can we tell them, you know, make these products? Because before, I think when it was really starting to pop, like Jane Carter, um, you know, um, Shea Moisture, um, mm-hmm. Carol's Daughter, you know, a lot of the, I guess, earlier ones, probably some even before that, but those were some of those main ones. And then as time goes on, you know, products change, mm-hmm. you know, um, that's, that's, a, that's another aspect, you know, um, I think people begin to just be a part of it just because it's mm-hmm. popular now, maybe not because they really want to accept themselves right. and be good with that. Like, and, and some people also are confused. I think some mm. might think if I cut my hair, it's going to, if I cut it all mm. off, it's going to like come out in this other texture right. that I see all these girls or guys, whoever they're on, you know, they're on social media. Like this is what my hair looks like now. Right. And I think some people can get the wrong idea because what your hair looks like now, it's some people might still, you know, connect that to white. Mm-hmm, yes, and, mm-hmm. and it, it's it's still a little closer, so it's a, it can get a little convoluted. Mm-hmm. It can, um, but of course, for what it is, it's good, you know. And I, I just think that it, if we don't kind of keep ownership or mm-hmm. control of it, it can just develop it develop into something that maybe it wasn't intended right. to be, which it, it kind of seems like it. It may be going there, maybe not. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you know, so yes. yeah, girl. I I agree. Yeah. I yeah. I think the natural movement 
it was a great thing. And this is not the first natural movement. Yeah, right, right. You know, there's yeah. been natural movements in the past. And like you said, mm. a lot of these things are, they come in, they go out. Yes. And it becomes fads. And then we yeah, move to another fad. and be trending. Yeah. So, but I, in this age, I, I did view the natural movement as a good thing. It it caused us to really sit down and question a lot of the mm-hmm. ideas we had. We mm-hmm. really started to, you know, even explore this whole idea of relaxers and like, why were we doing that? Like, why did we think it was a good idea to put chemicals on mm-hmm. our hair, to straighten our hair that burned our scalp? And, mm-hmm. you know, so it really, it raised a lot of these conversations, which was great. Yeah. But I think, like you said, when capitalism... Mm-hmm. dug their claws into the natural <laughs> movement it it did start to turn into kind of what i see as like a reinvention of texturism mm. um yeah, it okay. transformed like a little that. bit yeah. because like even though like oh we're all natural we're all wearing a natural hair but then there's levels there's yeah, levels exactly. to your natural exactly. well how good is your twist out Oh, How yeah. bouncy is that curl? What's your yeah. curl pattern? Right. Now we That's have a, these patterns. The right, right. Yeah. So then, then we're creating hierarchies within right. natural hair. It's crazy. And then for and then some women or some it just people, I'm not gonna say women, just people in general, yeah. when they, you know, started to grow out their natural hair. And if your hair didn't look like so and so on Instagram. Then it was like, like, well, you got to go back. Right, right. (laughs) People was really shaming some cats out there. Right, right. If your twist out don't look like Mm so-and-so, if your wash and go don't look like (laughs) so-and-so, you you don't have that good natural hair. Yeah, maybe. But, but, you know, it's interesting. One thing I did love about the movement was the support, though. Yes. Especially when someone would cut their hair, like, all the way off. Yeah. And it's just like that's a bold move yes. that's big like that's and and I, I did like seeing you know people like yo yo we look good like mm-hmm. or like that's what's up man like yo keep doing your thing like just which was cool i think we yeah. really needed that yes. moment. we needed that moment we did sure. mm-hmm. we and i 100 percent agree with that yeah. there and that and that's the good that came with the natural movement mm-hmm. there was that support that there was that um affirming yes affirming yeah. other people right. and, and hair textures yeah. so in the midst of the comparison there was also a lot right, of right. affirming right um which was powerful but um i so to go back to the question i mm-hmm. there's still work yeah, there's still work sure. that has to be done and, and again all of this roots back to white supremacy mm-hmm. to racism, racism yeah it's still and it's still there we're still, still there. having issues in the workplace and you know now they're mm-hmm. you know there's the crown act and and mm-hmm. we're fighting against these things but there's still things mm-hmm. it's still happening always always and, and i think it, it racism always it kind of always finds a way to reinvent itself yeah you know it, yes. it, it figures out Okay, this is what they're doing now. Okay, let me kind of adjust, especially you know because of certain you know when certain people are in power, right? And it's just it's like ah, right. it'll, it'll seep in to our own little box, yeah, and figure out how to separate us, you know, right? As long as we're living in a white, as long as we're living in a system that has been yeah. reinforced and built 
right, um, right. to maintain white supremacy, we're always going to have these problems. Always. The, always. the root is not solely in the natural movement and, mm-hmm. and you know, black empowerment. The, the, the root is also in dismantling mm-hmm. white supremacy. Right, right, right. And that's a whole nother conversation. That is. <laughs> that is, that is. But I will say like, when I reflect on my own hair journey, I went from always having to hide my natural hair with braids, then go into relaxers, so all, mm. always straightening. Then when I went natural, and like at the time I called myself being natural, but I really wasn't. It was like, yeah, I grew out that relaxer, but then I was straightening my hair with a flat iron mm. constantly. And because I still didn't feel safe in my natural hair, Got you. I still had the fears of how am I going to be treated at work? Mm. Am I going to get this job if I'm wearing mm. my natural hair? Uh, my curl pattern doesn't look like so-and-so on Instagram, so it must not be good enough. Mm. And so I still was had to do a lot of inner work. Mm-hmm. Yes, all of this was going on in public, this natural movement, but there was inner work I needed to do. Right, I needed right. to heal that pain from right. elementary school and middle school and yeah, high school and geez. all those messages. Mm-hmm. Like we still got to do that, that work. We, it doesn't Definitely. just change because society decided that, oh, now it's cute to be black <laughs> and it's cute to have natural hair. Like right. there's still a lot of pain and right, you know, that, that happened. Yeah. Um, so I had to do that work and I would say that I chose to lock my hair two years ago, and it's the best decision. Hey, I one of the best decisions of my life, and completely ah. changed my perception of hair, how I feel about myself. Gerard, I have never felt more myself now than at any point in my life. So sad. And so it's just. Like that's a whole that's a whole other podcast in itself. <laughs> um, but that's what I learned it through this like natural hair movement is that we I, I had to repair the damage mm. that had been done. Um, and now I'm like, I I wish I wish somebody <laughs> would try to discriminate <laughs> against me because I have lots. Ooh. I wish somebody would say something about my hair. Whereas in the past it was like fear. Like, mm. let me straighten, loosen, just so it doesn't happen. Right. right. Um, but now I'm so rooted in mm. my naturalness. And it's not connected to this outside movement. It's right. my it's own you. movement within mm. myself. And oh. and that's a whole, and that's like kind of like what you were saying earlier mm. about that it's not like these are, pa- these are fads that are going right. to come in and out. Trends, but you yeah. got to have right. this internal anchor. Yes. to it yeah for yeah. it to be transformational for sure that's powerful that is whoo that's powerful i think a lot of us really need to do that you know yeah and and i would you know it's funny i wish i could grow dress with my my hair on top it's like it thinned out or something mm-hmm. like <laughs> the difference in the sides but i think you're speaking to having a m- mindset yeah natural you know being natural and being okay in my own skin yeah it's it's so much bigger than what I do. It's literally who I am. Right. And like you're walking right. in that and you said that word, it's transformational. Like yeah. that's that's big. Yeah. That means you're going into spaces like you're showing up. Like 
yeah in a sense finally like even though let's say someone has had accolades they've had different things like but not until they're really like you said the inner work yeah that's when they really show up yeah and that's that's powerful man so to bring our conversation to an end and i know there's just so much more we could say about this but what do you see as the solution to the issue of colorism and texturism? Um, mm. I, I believe that if you know who you are, um, like we talked about before, you're, you're able to show up, you know? And when you do that, you make space for people to to think about what's being presented to them, right? Mm-hmm. So everyone has to do that inner work, you know, that heart work to really, um, you know, be okay, get to the point where they're okay with, with self. And mm-hmm. I think God will help you with that. But I, what I really think would be the solution, I don't think maybe there really can be a solution, but I, what I think will aid is really instilling like the principle of love and acceptance of self to the next generation to Mm. the ones that are coming after us the ones that we have influence over Mm -hmm. like from young early like in you know um, reinforcing certain ideas and thoughts like Mm -hmm. even from the womb like Mm -hmm. just saying stuff to them while they're in while they're inside and when they come out like telling them the truth like because the truth is, is that you are beautiful. You mm-hmm. are fearfully wonderful. Like, that's mm-hmm. just a fact. Telling them the reality of society. Society's going to kind of say this, you know? So I think if that begins to happen, um, we see each other differently. Like, you're valuable. You're my sister. You're my brother. And, like, I receive what, what you're bringing to me. Like, whatever you bring to me is a blessing. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what you... Your hair texture, your skin complexion, whatever... That's a blessing, and I'm thankful to just be a part of that. So I think if we help to shape the minds of the ones coming mm-hmm. after us, um, I think it'll begin to to really quench or take away or destroy um, colorism and texturism in a sense. Yeah. Because you're always going to be bombarded with yeah. it on TV, you know, images. and um, But it'll help when we're interacting day to day real life, mm-hmm. looking at each other and seeing each other, man. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. I think it starts with ourselves, Our like I was saying earlier, doing our inner work, healing uh, those wounds that we experience because of, you know, past messages and about our hair and skin tone. So doing our inner work, and then also, like you said, affirming those around us, the youth, you know, your your kids, kids that you come in contact right, with, right, that right, you're exposed right, right. to, um, affirming their skin tone, affirming their hair, because we know how um, those messages, as what we discussed earlier, can deeply impact um, us from a very early age mm-hmm. and shape the way that we view ourselves and how we view others. So it does start with um, molding the minds of the youth and us working on ourselves so that we are in a healthy place to even mm-hmm. give those affirming right. messages as well. 
And on a higher level, it's, of course, working the continuous work of dismantling white supremacy, um, challenging, even challenging when you, if you're in certain uh, workspaces, like Mm. if you're in acting and you have Mm. the power to say, hey, why are we not casting uh, people of this skin skin tone or of this hair texture and making sure that representation is there. Mm. Um, that's also a big part in um, changing these uh, messages and ideas. The more people right. see others that reflect them on different platforms, it, it changes how you feel about yourself. It changes yeah. a lot of these messages. So it's very multi-layered. Uh, but yeah. it starts with uh, us doing our our own work and yeah. challenging our own beliefs and biases. Definitely, definitely, man. So, Gerard, thank yeah, you girl. for <laughs> joining me on this very yes, yes. sensitive and deep yeah. topic. Yeah. Mm. And I hope you all will join us on the next on the episode. Next. Yep, yep. See ya. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you'd like to connect with our guest, Gerard St. Hilaire, see the show notes for his information. And please like, subscribe, and share this podcast if you like what you heard. And we hope to have you tune in on future episodes.